Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Right Time. My name is Bomani Jones. Thanks for listening wherever you get to this podcast. Rate uh, Oh, thanks for watching us on YouTube. Almost forgot about y'all. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. It is that time of week where we have a guest join us. One of my favorites to have on. Like, I don't even have him on that much because the man's so busy. And I wind up having him on every week. Retired number 12 of the San Antonio Spurs. Bruce Bowen, what's going on, man? What's good, Bo? Let's let's get into it, baby. Oh, you ready? You ready? I'm you ready. ready. You ready to do I this? I think I'm ready because yeah. I know you're gonna hit me. And you're gonna oh, you know me I emotional. am. You know, I'm, I'm waiting on the, I'm waiting on the right time, man. We gonna bounce around, talk about a lot of NBA stuff with Bruce. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about this is just a thing about the league in general because I guess it was one of those last lockouts. I guess it was like the 2012 lockout. The NBA said they wanted more parity and they tried to create circumstances to generate more parity. And you look up and it's parity, right? Like it has actually happened, right? It's a whole bunch of teams that seem like they just about as good as each other. Do you think that's good for the NBA that it be that way? You know, it's hard to argue with the numbers. And, and you know those numbers, Bomani, as far as how many people are watching, how many eyes are on the NBA. It's, it's at an all-time high. Now, we're talking about an all-time high, and there are not just one or two teams from the East and the West that's just dominating everyone. I think you have to look at things from a standpoint of how do you continue to make the league better? And now you put the onus on the teams. Like, you're getting these opportunities. It's a different style of game where it almost makes the the playing field level. But it's still, you got to be able to do the little things and, and be a little bit more intricate in your approach to the game and and I say intricate to the approach to the game because we when we saw Golden State start the process of what they did three-point shooting at a high well they had the three-point shooters that could do that you look at a lot of the other teams now they're adding more of that to their game plan and more athleticism hey if we can get that guy up and down the floor get him to the basket and have a guy spot up who knows what happens? But I think you have more parity now because they understand it's not just about two or four teams to dominate the league. Well, I think the other thing, too, that gets lost in this, it's so many good players, right? Like the idea that a team got Anthony Davis and LeBron James, and yeah, it's been injuries or whatever, right? But we weren't walking into this season being like, well, if LeBron and Anthony Davis stay healthy, ain't nobody going to beat them. There was a time maybe 10, 12 years ago where absolutely we'd have been like everybody else is playing for second under those circumstances. So I, I, I'll, I'll say this right now on that one, Bo, is that you have certain players that stand out above others. It's just like when LeBron came into the game, he was above a lot of guys even at 19. So we talk about that elite player. You have, you have I think, 30% of the league. 30% of the league, you have elite players. And then the other you have a 40% that are solid enough and smart enough to be able to play with those elite players. Then you have those players that they hope that can become elite and they're just playing right now. They're young. So I think more than anything else, you have more youth in the game and they only have a wing span. uh, I should say a year span of three years where if you don't become what we think you can, then you're gone. And we're seeing more and more of that. I mean, back in the nineties, a top 10 draft pick, he was guaranteed 10 to 15 years in the game. Right now, you have a top 10 draft pick that's maybe guaranteed three years, 
And if they're not able to become what they want them to become, then they're moved. And, and the unfortunate part about being moved is some of these guys never grasp hold of what a true basketball player is. True basketball player, Andre Iguodala. He went from being an elite athlete as well as Richard Jefferson, elite athlete to a team player, to a specialist, to a guy that you want on your team because of what he gives guys as far as coaching on the floor. That's what I think you're missing more right now because, number one, guys aren't staying in school long. They're going other options. And pretty soon it's going to start the process of there's going to be a funk. I, I'm, I say a funk meaning a wall, a wall where, man, maybe if that guy would have stayed in school one more year and developed as a player because we have a bunch of athletes. But if an athlete is not skilled with that basketball skill set, then he's just running around the floor aimlessly. Yeah, it's something that I think that's interesting. And I'm going to make an extreme example, but I, I think it'll lead us to what could happen in the NBA. Because look, ain't but they keep they talk about potentially expanding. There's like two cities in America that could justifiably <laughs> that are left, right? Seattle and Las Vegas. I feel like are the only yeah. two cities left that might be able to. And the league would honestly be better served a team moving from somewhere to those places rather than trying to add two more teams. But in the you know, the WNBA because of the way their salary structure is, man, they got so many good players that first round picks ain't even guaranteed to be able to have their jobs and keep them because the old, the older players don't get high enough salaries to justify letting them go. Right. So you could do this. You could take this uh, two in the bush. I mean, this one in the hand, or you could go for mm -hmm. these two in the bushes. And so these ladies don't make the team. And I think with the NBA, as we go farther and farther, like the first round picks had these guaranteed contracts, but you're right. There's so many good players now, and there's cats. I feel like it's more of them that are doing it like you did, and I think this gets lost. If you're not ready when you first come out of college, that's one thing, but cats are going and playing other places for three, four, five years. Like you think about a P.J. Tucker who was out for like three, four, five years and then came back and had a double-digit year career because mm -hmm. that's what you mm -hmm. got to do. Like the Seth Currys, the Quinn Cooks, all these dudes <laughs> that were like, all right, I'll be back in a minute. Just you wait. See, I think you, you great example in PJ, he had to find his identity. Right. See, when he was, now this is a guy who went to the University of Texas. And That's was no, cold. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He was no slouch, is my point. And so when you have guys who, who is capable of figuring it out, who is capable of listening to that coach? And when that coach says something like this, hey, man, hey, for you to get on the floor, you got to be able to knock down shots. And knocking down shots is not just threes, but when the ball gets to you, knock down shots, make the right play. So it's not necessarily that we're featuring you. You have to learn how to play with others. You have to learn how to be that glue guy. And, and it's just, it's funny. You look at the success of Boston right now, you look at Brogdon and, and White. And, and the impact that they're having, these aren't players that, I, I, I get it. Brogdon was a, a, a rookie of the year, but he's a he's a a guy that understands his role and how to play with those elite stars on the floor. Al Horford, who knew he would still be having an impact at this? What year is this for him? Fifteen. This is year sixteen. Sixteen, and he's having an impact. So I say all of that to say this, Bomani. We're talking about guys now that. Al Horford had the college experience. He He's an individual that understands the game from the big perspective and never looked at, well, you got to get me the ball on the block. His thought process was, hey, I got to be able to extend my game to extend my years 
to extend my knowledge. Now he's able to play and have an impact on a, an elite team right now in the Boston Celtics. You have Jason Tatum and, and obviously Brown, but Jalen, the fact that playing with those two individuals, being able to keep them the momentum going, that's what it's about. And it's a lot of guys that don't understand that right now because they come in thinking, hey, I get to do my thing. You look at Wiseman right now. I feel he was done a disservice in his earlier years in the game of basketball because he's not able to play with a, a future Hall of Famer and Steph Curry. You can't play with him. You can't figure it out on the floor. Why is that? Maybe because someone said it's about you and only you and never brought into the aspect of playing with others. Yeah, and let's clarify. The one thing I always I always cut Wiseman a measure of slack because of what happened with him that year that he was in, you know, that he was at Memphis and didn't play what a game or two or whatever it is. But there's something to what you talk about. But what you just pointed out, and I don't think a lot of people know and understand this, the Warriors didn't give up on the idea of James Wiseman as a player. They gave mm -hmm. up on the idea of James Wiseman being able to play on the floor at the same time as Steph Curry, right? I talked to people about this, and that was what their argument was. And I heard that, and I was just like, damn. Because I'm like, look, I'm still willing to give this Wiseman thing a try. But if you, <laughs> but if you can't play with Steph and you the Warriors, you got to go to Detroit. Come on. If, if you can't play with Steph, who makes the game fun? He's not just, he's not just handling the ball. It's ball movement. It's player movement. These are things you look at, you look at, what they're able to accomplish, and, and you just can't say, well, it's because Steph and Clay are, are shooters. No, you got a, a player like Draymond who understands his role in that team. But that ball movement and body movement, Bomani, it is, it is an art form. It is something that is developed over time, and you have to buy in. You can't, you cannot say, well, I don't want to play that way. No, guys would love to play that way, but are they capable of playing that way, being able to move on the floor and understand where a backdoor cut is. It takes a lot of IQ upstairs for a guy to adjust to something like that. And it's just unfortunate. We're talking about that high of a pick that still is not able to get on the same page with this group. Right. Now, I want to switch gears over to – we got a lot of teams and all the changes to trade day line <laughs> that we can get to. But as we're talking about, like, chemistry issues, I want to start with Dallas. Um, because ah, oh, Kyrie, right? However, Kyrie is cold, right? Like we can't deny this part. But he and Luca together are, even though they're different sizes, they kind of the same variety of cold. And it's the "give me the ball and watch me cook" kind of cold. It's hard to do that with two people, right? Like the beauty of Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant don't need that much to cook, right? So you can just put just about <laughs> anybody there with him. Luca's a 38% usage guy. Kyrie can be a 30% usage guy. And I watched them that game the other night where they were just passing the ball to each other outside the three-point line, trying to get it up and didn't know what to do. And I was like, oh, okay, I know it's early, but this is going to be an experiment. It, it is. And it's one of those where, you know, Bomani, you know how owners feel right now, especially an uh, owner like <laughs> Cuban. Hey, what? We got a chance. We got a chance to get a chip here. Let's let all in. And it, it's that version of Catino Mobley and Steve Francis now. But when you have time to practice, and I know I'm talking about practice, bringing in a new guy who has not been in that system, 
it, it doesn't happen overnight. It's going to take two weeks of them being able to get some work in, not, not game work, but work as far as in the dynamics in the gym and as far as practice. I think it can work, but it's going to start with Kyrie. Kyrie is more of an individual that can play off of Luka. Luka, you let him handle the ball. He'll make the right decisions because he's not one of those guys that you're saying, oh, dang, Luka, you missed that guy that was wide open. He had to do so much as far as getting everyone involved. And you look at last year, the biggest difference is Jalen Brunson. Jalen is another ball-dominant guy, too. So you have someone that's even more elite at that, but with a better understanding of he can play off with someone because we saw it with LeBron. LeBron dominated that ball with Kyrie as well, but they had spot moments. And Dallas will figure it out, especially with Jason Kidd at the helm. But it's one of those situations, it's just going to take time, Bomani, and it's easy for people to think like, well, they can't because they both need the ball. No, you have one player that understands how to play that role because he's played it before in Kyrie Irving with LeBron James in Cleveland. Now he's bringing a lot of that stuff back to what he was doing then. Now he's going to have to implement it now. I'm just waiting for that first time that Luca holler at Kyrie because you know Luca be hollering at people. Man, oh man, look here, look here, look here, look here. I could be wrong. You can say that I'm being presumptuous right now. However, I'll be looking at Kyrie's uh, Twitter account, the stuff he's sending. We know the stuff Kyrie's, Kyrie been, been uh, some of the stuff. We have, we have ideas of what Kyrie might watch. You know what I'm saying? That's the best way that I'm going to put it because he ain't watched that one thing. I knew he ain't spent no three hours watching that one thing. All I'm saying is with, uh, let's just say, a uh, Slovenian gentleman starts hollering at Kyrie. I don't, I don't really so much know how, how that right there going to go over. So you, you have two things. If he does it in Slovenian, he can come up with something. Hey, no, I'm just giving you, that's my dog. You know, I'm like, yeah, do your thing, Kyrie. But at the same time, I think the individual that you have to watch in this is Kyrie. Because Kyrie wants people to understand that it was a misunderstanding at Brooklyn. It was a misunderstanding <laughs> in Boston. <laughs> it was a misunderstanding in Cleveland. So you're running out of options in saying the misunderstanding now you have to perform and be a model citizen now being a model citizen is not is not something that he cannot do it's just Kyrie get back to basketball don't worry about anything else be who you are on the floor because you're running out of time you're running out of options you're running out of teams only so many times can people say oh you know what hey he can work in our system because coaches have this thought process that, hey, if, if I work with this guy, I can get him to the place where he can be successful for us. Or, hey, we, we got to look another direction. Yeah. No, like, what worries me now about Kyrie, because I think, I don't know if you saw this, but I said it very early that when uh, the Hebrews Negroes thing first got started, <laughs> and I actually have to admit, I hate that that title didn't have rhyme and words because I always find myself wanting to say Hebrews the Negroes or Hebrews the Negroes. <laughs> like, I think it would make the whole thing a whole lot better if it went there. But, you know, he started off so strident. And I was like, look, if I'm the Nets, wave them, trade Kevin Durant, and get started for the future. And keep it real, they damn near did wave Kyrie. I mean, they got back Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, and picks way off into the future, right? Like, they, yeah. in effect, gave him away. But, but then... 
he uh he got himself right. And I know some things about those conversations with the league. At first, they were having trouble, you know, getting him to come around. And then finally, somebody was like, son, you want this money or not? And he acted like he wanted this money. And then when he realized that he wasn't going to get the extension, he did whatever and he went to Dallas. But now I look at his Twitter account and he's starting to like get his Kyrie on again, right? Like, you know, you saw the press conference he had when he first got there and that's starting to happen again. And hey, man, I just don't know how long he can hold it in the road in order for them to get it done in whatever way they need to get it done. My thoughts, whenever, and obviously you understand this, whenever you start talking religion, you I hope you would have went to a school of theology because it's so much more than what we learn <laughs> at, at, at a church in South Central LA, uh, something Baptist. Mm-hmm. It's so much more to realizing how you can offend individuals that work for the league, that are helping create a salary for you, and that are willing to forgive you even in the moments where some felt you were not worthy to be forgiven. I, I don't knock, and I should say, Kyrie as a person, he is who he is. We are all entitled to what we would think, what we believe. But at the same time, you have to be aware when you're offending others. And that's why I think it's so important. Stay away from religion unless, again, unless you went to a school of theology. At the end of the day, you have to be an example. You are a father. You are a role model, whether you like it or not. And I'm not saying that you have to conform to what others believe, but at the same time, you have to be held accountable to the point that you are an example as a father and as a leader of that team, whoever you're representing. And it's, you know, for a kid that's so talented, you just hate that this is the narrative that people are always talking about. When was the last time we talked about how good Kyrie was on the floor? See, if we're not talking about that, then, and, and it may hurt our egos, you know, Bomani, if someone, if you were just spewing out different things without any facts behind it, and someone came to you and said, hey, you need to look in the mirror, it may hurt in the beginning, but at the same time, in order for you to be better, that's how we show growth. If you can come back from this and then show something different, not the same. And I think so many times we're starting to see the same when it comes to Kyrie as compared to seeing an individual that is growing and becoming better each time he leaves a place. Yo, and he might be, like when I think about, and he's not a tiny guard, but I think it's fair to like put him in the little guard category. Right. Outside of like Isaiah Thomas, I can't think of anybody that like when that dude gets to cooking, handling the ball, like I say even over Allen Iverson, because like the Iverson handle thing was like, it was slow, right? Like, he could do the quick stuff, but it was slow, and then the second you made that step, he was going. Dude, Kyrie can do things when he is dribbling the ball. And, you know, we're we not in the playground generation of basketball players. So, like, the idea of doing that, just, you know what I mean? But, like, these cats these cats come up, in the, they're not playing playground ball in the summer. They're playing AAU ball in the summer. They're playing on a team, you know, on a team in the summer. It's a completely different ball game. Them cats yes. on the, like, the idea of, like, the New York point guard, right? That dude that just dribbles, dribbles, dribbles. Kenny Anderson. Those sorts of dudes. Kyrie's like the last one. And I hate that he's the last one. Because when I watch him, I'm just like, how can you do that? Like, how much time have you spent in your life dribbling a basketball? Cold as hell with both hands around the basket. Got a shot. All of it. 
That's what you said, cold with both hands, especially his left. See, the workouts that he goes through, man, it is, is pretty impressive. When you're playing against two guys and, and you're in your, this is your workout, you know, usually a guy go one-on-one with someone, but that's, that's how elite he is that, you know what, no, one is not helping me. I have to learn to play against two guys. And then they have this stick that allows him to finish over the stick. A guy's putting the stick up like it's a seven-footer rotating an athletic guy. So talking about how cold he is, absolutely. And, and this is the thing is that we're talking about someone who is special. And you just don't want the narrative to become something in your private life that we're talking more about as compared to the specialness of what you are and the talent that you have. This is a guy who went to school for one year, college, and missed a great portion of that Played due to eight injury. Games. Played eight games. Come on. So you are truly special. But now it's about showing how special you are in a consistent manner and not allowing that talent to be depicted because of the other stuff. And this is, you know, it, it, it's kind of like, and, and see if you agree with this, Bomani, Rasheed Wallace. What became the narrative with Rasheed? Everything but basketball. Was he talented? As Maybe the most talented power forward we'd ever seen up to that point. Come on. So we've seen this before. Now, it was different with Sheep because it was technical fouls and nobody, everybody's picking on me. Yes, it got to a point where they did pick on you, Sheep. But how did that happen? Who was the culprit of that? One of the hardest things in life, I, I think, is to take ownership sometimes. And I remember during a, a timeout, Tim, Tim Duncan says to me, what's your problem? And I'm like, what you mean, man? It was, it was 2005 in Detroit during the finals. Like, what you mean? He's like, crazy out here you you're running on you're fouling you're this you're that i was playing the victim did i want to hear during a timeout from tim duncan that that i need to basically stop all the antics and get back to what it is no i didn't want to hear it but there's a part of me that was able to receive that because he's looking at me funny manu's looking at me funny and pop's damn sure looking at me funny so it's more about me and it doesn't make me less of an individual if I do have that moment because we are human. You do have moments, but even in those moments when people bring it to you, we have to be able to receive that and say, you know what? All right, I'm, I'm going to put pride aside and I'm going to try and be better now. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training, just in time for summer and warmer days. I've been in the gym a little bit trying to get my fitness in check so I can break these skinny allegations I keep getting. And spring is the best time of the year to take a new look at your fitness routine, dial it up a notch, and continue powering off. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row, or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance. Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals while challenging yourself at every level. Now you can catch up on your favorite NBA games with NBA League Pass while you push yourself to new levels of fitness. 
Watch your favorite games and win your workouts with NBA League Pass on Peloton and visit OnePeloton.com. Peloton all-access membership and NBA League Pass subscription required. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, now Phoenix now has Kevin Durant. I'm not sure if you heard Ooh. it. It's a pretty big deal. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm not exactly sure when he's coming back uh, from his injury, but I remember it. Uh, we recorded an episode the morning after it happened, and I like I hadn't had time to process it all, and so I'm here talking to Dominique Foxworth, and then it hit me. Wait a minute, are Kevin Durant and Devin Booker gonna be on opposite wings? With DeAndre Ayton, who I, I mean, I look, I get it. I'm higher on Ayton than most people are, but I think he put up another 30 burger uh, last night on like 13 for 17. At least that's what the box score looked like the last time I saw it. I don't know who all they're going to guard because they traded. They may be their best two defensive players away. Yeah. Yeah. But man, they going to light it up, Jack. So, so it's almost like Phoenix of old, but yeah. you, and even Phoenix, but Phoenix of old would never commit to defense, would never. You got these three understanding what time it is. And I say what time it is that for Chris Paul, that 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 window is closing, you know, because it, it just is. But credit to him being able to still be able to play at a high level right now. And Booker and his health. Then you bring KD in the, in the mix. And the key person there, you said, Aiden. I hope that he understands of what this time is right now, Bomani. I think sometimes we have players that get to a certain point and they think they're good. You know, I got my contract, uh, but during timeouts, you have these little battles with the coach. That's not cool. What I love more than anything about KD getting there is now he's going to have structure. Structure from the standpoint of a of an individual that he respects first and foremost. Now we go back to the ties of Monty Williams and Kevin Durant in OKC. Monty was an assistant there with KD. So they have a great relationship, not to mention all the times in the USA Olympic team. Monty's there. So he has a relationship. And Monty's a no-nonsense guy, strong uh, faith individual. But truly, he is about helping these young men to become better on the floor and in the game of life. So now you have more accountability. Hey, KD, we need you to defend. Got it. Because he's long. He can. Now you have Chris Paul, who still defends. I, I believe he still defends well, who can do it as well. Now, book, you got to do it. And we have a rim protector in Aiton. So as long as Aiton is on board with the understanding of what he is to do, it may not be 30-point nights for you all the time, but you man that, you sprint back on defense, you sprint back on offense where you can't get easy buckets, oh, my goodness, they can be real scary. Now, it's going to be dependent upon a lot of what their starting five does, but, hey, who wouldn't like that starting five? Well, and this is the other thing for Aiton. 
everybody's going to have to single up on him. Like doubling down to the post when, again, you got those two dudes on those wings. Mm. Like, in fact, I think you were you were not still on the team at this time, but you can help me remind people in 2012 when the Thunder ran the Spurs out. Spurs won 20 straight games and then the Thunder won four in a row running one play. Over and over and over again. It's because you had to worry about KD in the corner and James Harden on the other side and Russell Russell Westbrook coming off on that screen because you just couldn't take care of everything. The Suns are going to be able to do that kind of stuff. Those are moments where you'll be able to rest Book and KD. You run that high pick and roll with Aiden and Chris Paul coming off. Who runs runs a, uh, a pick and roll better in this game? than Chris Paul. I still don't believe anybody else. And I say it because he's not looking to just score for himself. He's looking, he made it sexy what DeAndre Jordan was doing. And we could not focus. We couldn't just come down. They couldn't just come down and give Jordan the ball. It had to be off of what Chris Paul was doing. Blake Griffin, same thing. I look at that, the way he makes decisions. Oh, you want to you wanna sneak that guy from the corner to help Aiden? Okay, here's the ball to the corner for a spot up three. We're talking about a spot up three from shooters, not somebody that we're trying to get to shoot more. No, it's KD, it's Book. But also, you're going to be running different sets to occupy individuals where it's hard to make rotations. You're going to have to pick your poison at that particular moment. All right, so the other team in the West that – well. It- there are two teams that I'm interested in, but the one I want to talk to you specifically about, the Grizzles, the Grizzle, as I like to call the team in Memphis, they are, I mean, what do you think about the allegedly Jabarant laser beam situation? Well, I think he created that on national television during an interview. You never, even if that's what you feel, you never say certain things. No, uh, we we ain't looking at anybody in the West. We looking at Boston. Excuse me. Y'all didn't come out of the West last year. This is where the youth of of Ja comes into play and not having any true vets in that locker room that have had success. You know, this is one of those situations where Andre Iguodala would have been so good for them while he was there to say, hey, man, look, we never mentioned that. I understand you 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 bout it and and you are bringing it, but at the same time, you can't do that because now you put the focus completely on your squad, and if you all can handle the adversity, because they haven't been as good since that statement prior to that statement. In this game, you just want to plug away, plug away, just as that old adage was with Pop: lie under the radar. Once you start people start paying attention and how to defend and how to manage you guys. That's where it gets a little, you brought this on yourself. Now, how do you get out of it? And the boys be out here acting up like, like this is like, I find them interesting because I like the idea of like a nouveau bad boys Pistons. Like I, I think the league is better by having like a villainous sort of group, except like when I look at Dylan Brooks, the issue with Dylan Brooks is, how do you rack up that many fouls? Like, how are you still racking up that many fouls? Like, you know, I joke with you about all that stuff and playing defense and everything else, but you wasn't out here committing like five and a half fouls every every 36 minutes or whatever the number is on Brooks. So, again, this this is the, the subtleties of the game and what it does to individuals. 
I'm sure like we always feel like we've been slighted. We always feel like somebody got something against us as players. When I came into the game, I, I, I realized that, hey, I'm not as good as I thought. I need to work. I need to work on it. It's okay being a worker, but everybody can't be Ja. Everybody can't be that guy that came out of nowhere and just blew up. Dylan was good in Oregon. Dylan was good coming out of South Central LA. But at some point, you got to say, all right, I'm fouling too much and really take heed to what's going on. Honestly, Bumani, I don't think I don't think this group really listens to the staff because it's a different day and age. It's a different day and age how a coach gets to a player. But obviously something's going on there where there is no accountability. You got to have players that are accountable on the floor. And if you're fouling so much, come on, man, you're our guy. We need you to be our defensive guy, defensive stopper. But you got to be able to do that. And so right now, that's not transpiring that way. By the way, let me be fair to Dylan. I was wrong. That was early where he had that five and a half fouls for 36 minutes a year. He, now he's down to a mere four. A mere four. <laughs> it's, 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 it's still wild high, right? And, <laughs> hey, man, I did not realize this. Did you realize that dude is shooting 39% from the field and 31% from three? Yeah, I do. You, you, you haven't? I mean, yeah. But this is what happens when team starts to scout you and see what your strengths and weaknesses are. Yeah, and they don't, for me, like their second best player, I think we probably agree, is Jaron Jackson, right? Right. But he ain't really a number two offensive option. And so I look a lot when I see them with Ja, because Ja can do so much. But, you know, Ja always a circus shot away from getting hurt. Who's the other guy that they can lean on to get a bucket? Because it looked like they had a chance to beat the Warriors last year before the injury. But it's very interesting to me that people have all the skepticism in the world about Denver and how deep they can go. But at the very least, Denver's got dude after dude after dude that can get shots. That is not what Memphis is bringing you. No, and and it's kind of like what's going on with Memphis right now. Uh, the guard, three point shooter, um, Bane. Yes, this is this is the part of when you surprise everyone one year, and then you just think that's who you are. No, you have to come back with a, l- a little more work at it, a little more work at it. I think once they understand that, okay, our buckets are surrounded by by Jackson Jr. And Ja, the two-man game there, and you guys play off of them. So now we don't have Dylan trying to create shots all the time. Baines, you, you, you're on the floor because of what you do, but I don't want to feature you. Now we're getting into roles, Bomani. Roles that guys don't understand, but guys in that team that you're looking at, you said Boston, those guys understand their roles. It Tatum, Brown, first and foremost, Marcus Smart out there doing his thing, but guys have roles. Memphis is, they are just kind of like aimlessly doing, it's kind of like an AAU squad in the summer. All right, let's go, let's go ball. There is no, there is no purpose in their brand of basketball right now. And until they get to that, until they get that identity of defense as well, because they're young and athletic, they're going to struggle with the aspect of being able to knock off bigger and better teams.
Who you got? Uh, who you think is the team to watch in the East? Like the team to beat in the East? I think, obviously, Boston and Milwaukee. That those are the two that keeps coming to mind. I compare those two teams because I love how Boston has utilized role guys, have gotten extra pieces, and they're playing. And, and I know this term is used so much. They're playing the game the right way. What do you mean by that? the ball movement with those that are not capable that you don't want to feature trying to break someone down and playing off of Brown and Tatum. When they do that, they look good. So last night, obviously, overtime win with Milwaukee. Milwaukee is a team, you know, when Jay Crowder comes back, I think he's going to add something to that defense. But you're always going to, I think, as they continue to get um, – uh, Middleton back into a form of what he was before. It's it's one of those things where you have Drew Holiday, Giannis, and Chris Middleton. Those three are going to carry the load. But now you have some defenders out there, some role guys that can come in and do things differently. It's not just about one or two guys anymore. It's it. I, I think when you have individuals that buy into things, it helps the team out so much more. We've seen it with Golden State. It, it seemed like each and every year they bring in somebody new and all of a sudden they have success. Well, part of it is because that, that individual that they brought in bought in to the process of what they do. Now, I am, I'm with you, obviously. It's, it's Boston-Milwaukee. I think we all agree upon that. And I lean toward, hey, which one of those teams has the best player in the NBA? Oh, that's Milwaukee. Okay, cool. That like that's That's where I lean on that one just because when it come to it, man, and I, you know, I'm the super Jokic guy, but he ain't Giannis, right? Like the I can like, hey boys, I'm gonna come here and score 45 and make all my free throws tonight in the last game of the finals because damn it, we just got to do it, right? He's that guy, <laughs> you know. He can bring that. But did you expect James Harden to still be playing elite level basketball this season? Because I feel like what to me has been interesting about the Sixers is. Harden has dialed back his game in a way that at the beginning of the season, it didn't look like they were trying to do. And then he got hurt, and Embiid went back to being Embiid. And I credit Harden for being like, okay, I guess I'm probably going to have to take 13, 14 shots a night now instead of taking the 20 that I'm used to. And he, I did not know that he had that in him in that way to kind of fall back. And I don't think he's gotten enough credit for that this year. In the upper contract this year? Ah, hey, waiter. Hey, waiter, taste the soup. <laughs> hey, wait a taste of soup. Aha. <laughs> and this is, this is the issue that I have with, with a lot of players sometimes. It's like, oh, now you want to play hard. Oh, now you're in shape. I, I just, I feel like this. And, and I know I, I, I drew a lot of scrutiny for my thoughts on Kawhi and his leadership. I never said his talent. I said, I, I wouldn't bring him in if I'm an owner. I wouldn't have. But you have to look at these things now. If a guy is willing to now all of a sudden get mad and not play in Houston and force a trade, I just have problems. Again, this is just me, Bomani. I have problems thinking that that guy may not do something like that in the future. Oh, and he will. The second he's done, he is done. Like part of why I'm so skinny. My mama's talked about this from when I was little. It was like, if I was eating and I was done eating, I was done eating. You know what I mean? Like, you know, those people who no matter how much food you put in front of them, they're going to eat all the food. Right. Yeah. She's like, yeah. nah, there's been even when I was little. If it was if I was done, I was done. 
and we can keep it moving. And that is James Harden. Once he has had enough of whatever that meal is, you go trade me. Trust. Trust and believe. And, and that's the ugly side of the game because we're talking about someone who's very talented. I think he's a future Hall of Famer. He, he changed the game so much, especially with the one-on-one, his ability to draw fouls. But it has never been his thing as far as being able to play with someone in the right situation. Now you got a dominant big. You guys can run pick and roll, and that guy goes under or they pre-rotate. You're, you're good enough where we saw him in Houston sharing the ball, averaging multiple assist, uh, double-digit assists a game. You're good enough. We just need that each and every night. But you know what, Bomani? So many guys are afraid of getting tired in a game. They want to be cool. They want to – no, I don't don't really want to do all that because if I do all that, then y'all going to expect me to do it. Then you want to hold me accountable to that. I just want to be held accountable to this and let everything else happen. No, man. He's having a great year, but at the same time, you know, it's not surprising. I just need that each and every time without incentive of a contract. No, you mentioned Kawhi Leonard, and I find that because the Clippers dudes just been in and out so much, we don't talk about them nearly as much this year. And I was with you on the Kawhi leadership thing because the only thing that got me about Kawhi when he got to the Clippers is I do feel like it's almost a certain irony to it that, like, it ain't good enough that a guy be as good as Kawhi Leonard. We also need you to be, like, a leader of men. But that's the game, whether you like it or not. And right. somehow, and it really came to fore when he was with, the, you know, that first year with the Clippers, where they starting all the practices late and everything else, where I felt like he wanted all the perks of being that guy and none of the burden, right? Like, I got lots of criticisms of LeBron James, but the burdens of being the dude up top, hey, he takes hey, them all. He, he takes t- every he takes single one all. of them. He out here inviting these dudes to dinner. He out here coming out doing these press conferences when somebody got to take the bullets for the China thing. He the dude that yeah. goes and, and, yeah. and is willing to be the bad guy about all that. He'll do all of those things. Kawhi Leonard was not interested in engaging in any of those, anything that involved having to do anything other than play basketball. That is not what he wants to do. And that ain't how the world works. No, and, and that's not how the NBA works. You know, for so many years, people always talked about, you know, uh, yeah, that guy may not be the best leader, but he's the best player on the team. He's he's put in that role. I, I remember guys used to say this, especially those that are leaders. They say things like, all I want to do is just play ball. I don't want to do all the other stuff. But part of the other stuff comes along with that $30 million a year you're making or that 20 a year you're making. So you want those perks, but you don't want these because now – you're under under the watchful eye of people now, which I think is fine because sometimes this helps you stay in line because we all need to be in line. So with that whole situation, whenever you start giving, giving, giving to make people comfortable, usually there's something and someone that may take advantage of you. And that's what you start to get. You get someone taking advantage of a situation. I, I think about those times where if you got what you wanted, you were good. All right. I got my contract. Boom. But nowadays we get things where a guy's like, I want my contract and this and this and this. But this is the onus of the team. You got to make a hard stand at some point. Like, no, we don't do we practice it this time. Boom. And I'm and I guarantee you he will comply. 
Yeah, I tell you this though. Watch out for the Clippers by the time we get to this postseason, though, because if he is healthy, like the one thing about Kawhi, though, that I make the point of, and I think people lost sight of this, the best version of Kawhi Leonard was those last two years in San Antonio. Even in Toronto, where they won that year, he was not as good as he was prior to the injury. And then there was the other injury that came around. So no matter all the other stuff and part of why he I felt like he needed to be more on top of the intangible stuff is they got to do so much to work around your body right like everybody here is going to do so much to work around your body you have not played more than 60 games in six years right they doing everything to manage your body but if they have managed his body correctly and what we saw last year in the postseason Paul George stepped up like we talked all that noise about Paul George, but we couldn't say <laughs> nothing after the way he played after Kawhi got hurt. Right. It's one of those where so much stuff happens that you stop and realize like, oh, all our Paul George jokes stopped because he played so well. <laughs> but man, if Kawhi can come out here healthy, they've stayed top five in the West throughout all of this. Like if they get Denver in the second round. And again, I'm big on Denver. I still think they probably needed to make a move that didn't involve sending a player out. Like, I thought something that brought somebody in was probably better. But I don't think anybody wants to see them once it gets going. Well, obviously, in the playoffs, the game slows down. And and you got one of the best players for the game to slow down with in Jokic. See, you have to make adjustments with him. My, My biggest thought and concern for the Clippers in the playoffs, the heavy usage of Paul and Kawhi, what happens when you, on the defensive side? Because they're counted upon so much on the offense and figuring out the different rotations and things like that of what people are doing. What happens when now they're on that defensive side? I know we, we talk about Kawhi being a, a defensive player of the year. He, he was, that was years ago. But will he be able to do that against these quicker guards, especially uh, you get Murray, you know, Paul George, what you going to do? Who's going to match up with Jokic? See, all, all these different things and, and the game slowing down. So now you're not going to get these 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 sort of throwaway possessions. You know, oh, I came down. I thought it was a heat check. No, it's about the business of basketball now. We're going to slow it down. We're going to play to our strengths. I can see Denver playing to their strengths more than what the Clippers can do. Yeah, now I want to wrap this on Jokic because I don't know if you're how much on the analytics stuff you are. I'm not the biggest, but the advanced numbers on Jokic, this dude's having a three-year run literally like nobody else has ever seen. And this year I'm looking at it and it's like, oh, he really likes the taste of blood. Where you just see these plays where he gets the ball and, you know, like you can see it already in your head. Like those old Larry Bird clips, you can see it where he's like, watch this. Watch, watch, watch what I'm about to do. What? I'm going to back you down and you can't do anything. And now I'm going to throw this pass over my head through two people to some dude in the corner and he's going to make a three. And I really am blowing away how many just general NBA watchers and fans cannot get. This is unreal what this dude is doing. Like I might take Embiid over him because Embiid's such a great defender, but that says a lot about Embiid. It ain't about this dude. So with him, what people don't look at, they don't look at his IQ. They don't look at his basketball IQ. They don't look at how he's a throwback guy in the 80s and the 90s, and he's playing here in the 2000s as well. It used to be that was your focal point. You know, the big man would draw a double team. He's able to see the floor and understand where the defenders are coming from. So a lot of times this, this goes back to studying film, 
not what I did good. It's how did that team play me when I was on the block? How did that team play me when I'm on the wing? Who's helping where? All those different things go into the makeup of the basketball IQ of Jokic. So he understands, well, if I dribble towards this guy, I'm able to get that guy over there a wide open shot because he's not able to create a shot for himself. That's what we love about our go-to guys is their ability to get the best shot for the team when the ball's in their hand. Not the shot for them because the ball's in their hand, but the best shot for the team. And you take Embiid on the defensive side, I still take Jokic because he's consistent. Embiid may show up one day where he's sniffling, I can't play. Uh, I, I got a cold today. Jokic is there each and every night. And at the end of the day, it's still truly about those guys who are going to work with each and every one, each and every night. That's what you hear from the greats. I knew I could go to battle with this guy each and every night. It wasn't, do I, uh, uh, are you going to show up today or not? Until the Sixers get to the finals. And uh, Joel has been there now 10, 10 years. This is year nine. Okay, nine years. What, what what we don't we can't keep saying it and trust the process because the process has been all about you. What are you going to do? Yeah, it's that that Kanye line. Next summer I ain't fitting to say next summer I'm fitting to, right. Like it's a lot of <laughs> the, I'm fitting to uh, continues to come up. The other thing about Jokic, man, that's an ornerisome bitch too, boy. Like no, like, no, no. Hey, hey, he ain't he ain't no. You ain't gonna punk him. Mm-mm. Where he from? No, no. Yeah. Gee, we... <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, you saw what he did to that Morris twin that one time. Like that was a dirty, that was a dirty move. No, 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 no don't time. start. Don't start. Look here, man. You know, guys, when something happens back to them, now everybody wanna, oh, that was dirty. But what who started it? Yeah, see, see, it's interesting. I thought that you would have said to Jokic, next time you just got to be a little slicker with it, baby. You know what I'm saying? Wait till he come around. Raise your knee real slick You got to realize, different cultures. <laughs> see, that was part of me. That was part of me being a kid, you know, mischievous in class. Grandma, we in church. Little Bruce, all right, now you're going to get a whooping. And then let me, let me gradually... Suddenly fall asleep in her lap. But I damn sure got my butt whooped when we got home. But Jokic, Jokic comes from that place where it's like, what, you want to fight? Bam, let's go. It ain't no it ain't no walking in a circle like he did in elementary school. Do something, you do something, do something, you do something. He bowed it. Now yeah. he just got to understand that. Hey, look, man, if you ain't never had to worry about a civil war, you don't know what life is. Come on now. <laughs> like an actual civil war. Like, we'd be figuratively but like, boy, there's a civil war going on in America between... Nah, 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 nah. We talk about taking uh, up arms. To, to, hey, and and has had family members that lived through it. Now, yes. we might have... We have a, a grandfather that dealt with, you know, uh, Woodstock. <laughs> but... We don't have individuals that that are that far removed from, as you say, war-torn countries. The stories they heard, the way they live their lives, it, and and I and I really think he's a simplistic kind of guy. And you know, you see him, he go back home when he received his 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 MVP. Mm -hmm. he, he was like, oh, "We going to camp today? Let's go! Hey, boys <laughs> and girls, let's go!" 
the simple part, not a he chilling on a yacht, you know, got his partners with him, you know, full of bubbly and all that fit it being non. It wasn't that. He's a simple guy. Yeah, I just love the fact that's the last thing I'm gonna say about him. Not saying he's as good as either, right? But he's the Magic Johnson Larry Bird hybrid. This seven, well, you know, Magic wasn't seven feet tall, obviously, right? No. And Magic was a different caliber athlete. But the dude I, that could, I think the bird comparison is really good for yeah. you, but because Bird saw the floor well too. Right. But where I'm at Magic is he can actually bring the ball up the floor. Like he can't be your point guard every possession, right? But he can initiate the offense from the backcourt. He can make those shots on the perimeter. The way he makes those passes, right? The ones that are just like cocked behind him and then swing it through. Magic's the only dude I can think of who played like that. Again, he's not as good as him. Bird is, is a closer comp, but he wasn't as good a shooter as him. And neither one of them could go to the block and do work like he could. Uh, and it, yeah. And, and so it's all this is you depict, you take something from someone else and things like that. But, you know, yeah, Bird wasn't the ball handler that he is, I believe. Right. But it's just understanding how his impact is so key. I, I think that's the special thing about him. He understands that it's on him and that's fine. But it's interesting to me, Bomani, is how their coach is willing to put the ball in his hands as compared to a guard. See, I think guards are so accustomed to uh, it's more about let me break this guy down and pull up, whereas he understands that higher percentage, higher percentage of shots for bigs are where? Closer to the basket. So you're going to nine times out of ten get a better shot concerning him or the right play getting somebody a wide open shot as compared to leaving the ball in the hands of a guard. Yeah, the question in the postseason of him is going to be when you got to stop giving the ball to them other dudes. And it's like, buddy, we need 50 tonight. Like, you just need to know walking in the door, we are going to need 50 from you. And I think it's easier with guys that are guards and wing-oriented to have that mentality because they can they can get going certain spots. Yes. He has to rely upon those guys getting him to rock a lot of those times. So when I get to this spot, get me the ball. You know, when they pump fake one or tw two times and then they swing it somewhere else, that was an option. That was an opportunity that you missed for him to get those types of games. But, you know, Bo, you know that at the end of the day, it all comes down to can you stop teams? See, and if they can't stop, that's the one part where, you know, defensively, that's how Golden State got them last year is through the defense. If you can't defend, if you can't stop teams, man, it's going to be hard for you to continue to advance. No, you're right. Hey, man, that is my man, Bruce Bowen. Always love having you all, man. That, <laughs> dude, I'm serious, man. It makes my – I was like, who's going to get on? I was like, wait, we ain't had Bruce in a minute. And I was, hey! I was like, Bruce can come on? I'm like, this is always the win. My brother, my brother. <laughs> hey, man, I appreciate you, man. Holler at me if, yes, if ever your travels take you here to New York City, baby. You know we here. Yeah, yeah, but last time I texted you, you didn't even respond. Then you tell, then you tell me now. Oh, you had the other number, man. You know, big time. You just, you just. Sometimes, folks, I know, I know when my my folks get big time. See, you think I'm calling for a loan? No, yeah, I ain't you, calling for a loan. Nah, you get big time, but then you get big time, then you got to change the number sometimes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like that's how it goes. But man, I greatly appreciate you. Thank you, yes, sir. All right, now, and ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on the right time. 
Thanks for watching us on YouTube. Parker Owens and Adi Khan handling things behind the scenes. Thank you, gentlemen. Remember, follow the right time. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. We'll talk to you guys in a couple of days. Take it easy. Thanks for checking out The Right Time with Bomani Jones Podcast. You can listen or follow on the ESPN app or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Right Time with Bomani Jones.